I'm Chelsea Bay. And I'm Shay. Together, we are Fulfillment. Fulfillment is a storytelling event featuring local community leaders and entrepreneurs who share their personal journey towards fulfillment through vocation that will challenge you to come alive. The following stories are true and no one's identity has been protected. Yana D. creates clothing and accessories from organic, natural, and salvaged materials. She's the owner of the downtown Traverse City shop, Yana D. Ethical Apparel, and she describes herself as a maker, mastermind, and mama. Her purpose is to cultivate creativity and compassion. Here's Yana D., live from the October 2021 Fulfillment event in Traverse City, Michigan. Okay. I grew up on the Keweenaw Peninsula, blessed with a loving and relatively stable family. My parents moved to the north woods of Calumet in the mid-80s. They built a house my dad designed, a hexagon around an oak tree. My mom grew and gathered a good portion of our food. We hugged a lot and got told we were loved every day. As many now know, the UP holds a rugged beauty and a sort of end-of-the-earth charm. While it is indeed a beautiful place to visit, many that are from there don't leave. And growing up, it was just the way things were, and what makes it so appealing to some, I either took for granted or was lost on me entirely. Money was tight, and while we never went without the essentials, it was clear that it took a lot of work to keep, my, to keep up. My role models were a colorful cast of resilient and resourceful people, and I grew up knowing more artists, makers, musicians, and outdoor enthusiasts than professional types. I'm blessed with parents who are radical and compassionate. I was homeschooled most of the time and given the freedom to pursue my interests. Throughout my childhood, I had all sorts of opportunities to be involved in community gatherings, arts and music, and from early on, I had wonderful mentors that encouraged me and helped me to explore my creativity. I'm grateful that much of my childhood was free of digital technology. I learned to type on a typewriter, and my first lengthy phone conversations with crushes were tethered to a landline. There's no good explanation for my early and persistent interest in clothing. Even as a toddler, I had an adamant opinion on what I wore, and I changed my clothes a lot, even inspiring my mom to bar my dresser drawers closed to stop the mess. While my mom has a wildly diverse skill set, she did not sew when I was growing up. My, grand, my grandmother was a skilled seamstress, but she was almost completely blind by the time I was a little girl and never had the chance to teach me. Even with all that freedom and support, I still managed to pick up a good dose of insecurities. And by the time I hit adolescence, I was often uncomfortable, not only in my body, but particularly in my clothing. Advertising worked on me. I felt like I wasn't right. I compared my shape, size, color, and proportion to a made-up standard that was impractical and unattainable. I tried out many versions of my style. First pants had to be tight rolled, then huge, then fitted with a flare. I dyed my hair red, black, and shaved it off. I wore clothes that were much too big and way too small. As a kid, I was very motivated to be financially independent. My first job at 11 years old was babysitting for $1 an hour. Throughout my teens, in addition to childcare, I scooped ice cream, taught art classes, waitress, worked retail, was barista, hockey camp counselor, and through it all, I sold jewelry and other things I created at local events. I often felt overwhelmed at the gap between what I could earn and what things cost. The summer I turned 14, I was motivated by the opportunity to attend school in Ireland. I saved nearly $1,500 to contribute to my airline ticket and travel expenses by working for a hat maker and selling my creations at local events. I was given a sewing machine that summer, and which led to bitter disappointment as my first attempts at garment construction were nothing short of complete failures. 
I've never been all that book smart, but I navigated high school and the education system to the best of my advantage. I graduated at 16 from a correspondence program by calling a 1-800 number to take multiple choice tests over the phone. Shortly after my 17th birthday, I enrolled in Finlandia University's new art and design program. And it was there my identity and focus as a designer really started to take shape. There were so many paths to explore, materials to discover. I had to declare a concentration for my degree, and with the guidance of a very special mentor and professor, came to see product design as the umbrella under which I could explore to my heart's content. I learned how to use power tools. I studied wood, metal, ceramics, graphic design, and natural building. And during my sophomore year, I did my internship in Portland, Oregon, and fell in love with the man I've been with for the last 19 years. After a brief period of exchanging letters, as it was still before either of us had cell phones, he joined me in Michigan for the remainder of my schooling. My last semester, I took a pattern making class and a, as a design elective. Working with textiles was a natural fit. I fell in love with my newfound power to make clothing. The month I graduated, May of 2004, I did my first art show with the clothing designs I had created in class. I sold over $700 in an afternoon, more money than I had ever made by a long shot, and I literally felt sick with excitement and anticipation as I drove home. I registered my DBA and began signing up for shows like my livelihood depended on it. On a practical level, my clothing designs were received with more enthusiasm and demand than anything I had made and sold before. It was self-perpetuating. There was momentum. There was also a lot of self-doubt, criticism, skepticism, and rejection. There were highs like getting accepted into renowned shows and making piles of cash, and lows like being propositioned for sexual favors or having women snarl at me that they would never wear my stuff. I continued to make and sell my creations through my 20s with the passion of youth and a taste for financial freedom. I set goals and met them. I wanted a studio, I wanted a studio to create in, a home to be warm in, and to take care of my loved ones and to explore the world. The first few years after graduation were a bit of a wild ride. We traveled the country, Mexico and Thailand, on a combination of synchronicity and struggle. I gathered fabrics along the way and set up all sorts of temporary workspaces in kitchens, living rooms, front porches, in the loft of an old barn, and for a particularly productive spring while living in a teepee, I sewed after hours at the Earth Star Coevolutionary Cafe in the mountains of Colorado. For years, my primary focus was shows, more than 20 annually. I would coordinate tours that took me and my 86 Toyota pickup all over the place. I really loved it. I could travel, make and save money, dance, party, and be creative. And while I was motivated and inspired to design and sell my creations, I was also running off a consistent stream of adrenaline, drugs, and alcohol. Somehow, that combination made focusing on what fulfilled me being a maker, easier to rationalize despite the tragedy and the absurdity of the human condition and the inequities within our culture. In the beginning, I continually invested everything I could back into my business. Going into debt wasn't an option as I didn't have a credit card and at that point no one was going to lend me any money. But about five years in, I borrowed $25,000 from a family member with a three-year payback and I paid it back within a year. And despite my unconventional business model, I had an accountant who mentored me from early on. She helped me navigate taxes, taught me how to keep track of income and expenses, and gave me advice on how to grow within my means. I've always held myself accountable for my business's success, as it was clear no one else was going to. I remember being asked repeatedly, what are you really going to do? I've been told no or been doubted as much or more as I have been encouraged. In my mind, there's always a way forward, and having relentless and creative persistence has made all the difference. 
I take rules, requirements, and deadlines as suggestions, and if I really want something, I'll try multiple approaches to get it. I did not wait for opportunities to come to me. I signed up, showed up, and stood up for myself over and over again. I have refined my craft by practicing with well over 20,000 hours of studio time to date. Through a combination of discipline, motivation, and a good dose of desperation, I have continually showed up in the ways that are fulfilling creatively and the ways that are required to make the business work. I've worked at developing my skills and made a lot of mistakes. I keep moving forward even when I don't really feel like it and have spent literally thousands of hours of trial and error. Not only with the designs I create, but how I organize my workspace, keep track of inventory, how I sell things, and on and on it goes. For me, there has been no alternative to building my business on ethical investments and practices. I do not want to profit at the expense of others. I believe with all my heart that making decisions from a perspective of collective well-being has put me in the flow of abundance and fulfillment. Fashion is one of the largest industries in the world, and it is rooted in the capitalist patriarchy. It thrives off shame, exploitation, and greed. I don't buy it, literally or figuratively. Where things come from is as important as where they end up. This awareness comes with a lot of grief for the land, people, animals, and plants that are senselessly destroyed for profit. I am continually filled with rage and despair by the countless ways harm is being inflicted. My work now is focused on choosing to thrive. I know that feeling joy and fulfillment is not in spite of the pain in the world, but because it is my true nature. A big part of this process for me was severing my relationship with drugs and alcohol. I knew I wanted to make a change years before I did, and while things never got totally out of control, there was not an exact rock bottom. I just got so sick of being dependent. So three years ago, tomorrow, I quit, and I can easily say it's the single best thing I've ever done for myself. After years of pouring my energy into my work, I wanted to expand my purpose. At the core of that was the feeling that I had more love to give. This led me and my partner to complete the steps to become foster parents, something we had discussed since our relationship began. We were finally ready, or so we thought. Within two weeks of receiving our license, we accepted a placement for siblings. The baby boy was three and a half months, year, three and a half months old and literally starving. His sister was 18 months, and though she didn't have any words yet, had an incredibly good nature and desire to be outside and moving. The call to care for these babes floored us. It's been incredibly painful. Our priorities shifted, our chemistry changed, our hearts have broken and healed over and over again. I will never be the same, and for the most part, I have no regrets. The first year was like nothing I could have ever imagined. Our son James had multiple hospital stays, surgeries, and diagnoses. Most notably, a brain injury resulting in cere severe cerebral palsy and neurological blindness. I often think of James as a work of art. While he is fully dependent, he is also incredibly powerful and joyful. He inspires me and others to hold a state of compassion and love, as his existence shows that it is not so much what we do, but who we are that is beautiful. His sister Rachel is an absolute beam of starshine and the most darling daughter I could have ever dared to dream of. Early this year, in our backyard, dressed in plain clothes, we finally got married, and this spring on my husband's birthday, after over two years of fostering, the adoption was finalized, and we became the Powers family. <laughs> mm. With all this personal growth and change, the business has shifted to occupy a new, more defined role in my life. 
And it is because of this that I feel more balanced, effective, and productive than ever before. I opened the Front Street store seven years ago and shortly after welcomed my sister Abby to be the business manager. Over the years, we have refined our systems and processes, looking critically at how and why we do what we do. What has emerged is nothing short of harmony. At this time, we are a team of eight, including our mom, who is one of our primary seamstresses and who I still hug and tell her I love her every chance I get. We are committed to ethical and empowering practices throughout the business. Currently at the forefront of our mission is radical self-acceptance. We believe bodies are okay exactly the way they are right now. If I had a dollar for every woman that said she was too old or too fat to wear my creations, I could have retired by now. This limiting belief that so many carry is heavy and painful and absolutely not true. We must model and value confidence and comfort for others to feel empowered to do the same. The clothes I create are embedded with the belief that we all have the right to be comfortable in our bodies. I've seen the transformational power of my clothing on many, many faces over the years. Little girls spinning with pleasure at a dress that feels as beautiful as it looks. A brooding teen that literally starts shining when they cautiously try on something unlike anything they've ever seen in a store before. And brides-to-be having that this-is-it moment who are worn down by looking for a dress that fits them the way they are. From every day to once-in-a-lifetime occasions, dressing up is essential and powerful and plays an important role in how we feel in our bodies. I love making clothes, and I hope by doing so, I can help make some of your dreams, like mine, come true. My. My challenge to you is to bring something you've dreamt about creating into existence. I invite you to pick a project or an idea and commit to learning the skills, gathering the materials, and making the time to bring your idea to life. It could be anything that engages your hands and mind in a creative way. A few ideas from my own exploration, basket weaving, mural painting, collage, mosaic, furniture building, weaving, rag rug making, paper making, beading, book binding, pottery. There's so many more, but you get the idea, just to name a few. All right. Thank you.